And as much as we have energy and as much as we have breath, yeah. through to our dying day, there is no retirement from passing on our faith to the next generation. Hello and welcome to the very first Dad and Lad podcast. My name is Jonathan and I'm with my dad Lawson. We both serve with Scripture Union Canada and we're excited to do the Dad and Lad Children's and Family Ministry podcast. Um, I'm also a dad, but in this role I'll be the lad and you're going to be the dad, but you're also a granddad as well. So there's a lot of uh, rhymes here, dad, granddad, lad. Um, Hopefully you won't be too sad as you listen to this. (laughs) Tell us more, Dad, um, your role of being a granddad and how that's been so special to you. Yeah, well, what's most special about it is is that I get to give your children back to you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. You've got two great kids and, yeah. and I love them tremendously. And they're two of 11 grandchildren that I have. Yeah. And you presently have the youngest of the 11. Yeah. So Christmas parties, they're pretty wild. And they usually happen here where we were recording right now within your home, Dad. And uh, what fun times that is. And yeah, what, what special it is to know that there is a spiritual legacy. And mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that. And you might be, as you're coming in, you're thinking, wait, this is a children and family ministry podcast. Why are we talking about grandparents? We want to look at the church holistically. We want to see how everyone has a part to play and how grandparents have a specifically important role. And so we see how grandparents can have either a very positive, negative, or neutral, but we're hoping that positive. And from what I know, when I do training with churches, when I listen to youth uh, and children, Often after parents, grandparents are the ones that they say have the most impact mm-hmm. on their life. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's specifically the case too. Growing up, my Nana, um, who lived in the same house as us and was always putting on worship music. Um, if I would go into her room, I would see her diligently studying God's word. And uh, she had so many journals of her notes that she took within God's word. And I think one of the greatest things I just remember is every time that she would pray for me, she couldn't help but be moved by the Holy Spirit and she would cry. And even to this day, Mm -hmm. me and me being 28 years old and having kids of my own, she prays for me. She will, she just has that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful and, uh, for her influence in my life specifically and for for my grandparents in general. Um, we've, I've had a very positive impact and so I'm thankful and often now as we, as we look at, grandparents they themselves don't even see how valuable they are right some of them can feel like they're just trying to fit into a role Uh, specifically i know within our culture Mm -hmm. there's kind of the the expectation that once you're done work you you're senior you're retired you can now fit into the role of okay it's me time and i'll fit into that cultural role of taking it easy which Sure, there is often limitations of being older. We've got to watch my words here. But <laughs> yeah, there might be more limitations. But definitely when it comes to the kingdom of God, you shouldn't be considering checking out by any means. Yeah, I, um, think, I think just if I could jump in on this, uh, before we, we sort of look at what the scriptures themselves teach us about the role of grandparents, 
uh, as you as you're saying the the general understanding of a grandparent's purpose or role in society at large is is uncertain it's ambiguous yeah i i think there's a measure of confusion um certainly social contract experts have promoted closeness at a distance and personal autonomy and non-interference and so a lot of parents aren't quite grandparents aren't quite sure what they should or shouldn't be doing and so many have ended up as you as you indicated enjoying more of a leisurely lifestyle socializing with their peers uh, focusing on themselves uh, i remember reading a book by andrew blackman uh, years ago called leisureville and the whole thesis of the book was that the senior years are about independence mm. and indulgence it's it's interesting they probably would never want this comparison but i see a lot of similarities almost between like western teenage <laughs> culture right and like teenagers they're past their childhood and now they're trying to find their identity and their role right. is very much defined they just look at each other they're looking left and right and they're trying to think oh this is what it means to be a teenager and they're trying to find their identity and it's they're almost like an ambiguous stage kind of like sometimes seniors can sometimes fall into right. not trying to be disrespectful but yeah they're just thinking okay i guess this is what the, this is what we are naturally to do we're supposed to mm-hmm. go um collect seashells on the shore and I'm thinking of the John Piper actually message where he would reiterate how don't waste your life. And he said that would be one of the worst ways to end your life by just trying to collect seashores or thinking you can just kind of retire by the sea without Mm -hmm. actually having any involvement with your grandkids or any significant impact to the next generation coming up. And uh, I think we're both saying that gracefully, recognizing that there is a time to uh, find rest and but... Also, the dynamic of making sure you don't check out. And so, what does God's word really say about the grandparents' role? How does God's word define what a grandparent is supposed to be about? And what can you just speak into that? Yeah, sure. Uh, One of the things that struck me actually fairly recently was Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9. I was reading through Deuteronomy, and in Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, it says, Only be careful. And watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. And that last part of Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 powerfully impacted me some years ago when I realized that my responsibility to tell and teach the next generation about Jesus Christ is actually a two-generation responsibility, not a one-generation responsibility. I I can't just now say, oh, I can be off to the golf course now that my my children are married and they're doing their children and it's their responsibility. No, according to Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9, I yet have a responsibility. Mm. And and that was an eye-opener alone for me. The realization that that we don't check out of being uh, an ongoing witness for Christ. As, in as much as we have energy, in as much as we have breath, yeah. through to our dying day, there is no retirement from passing on our faith to the next generation. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode on Christian grandparenting. Just a quick recap. We've been looking at the cultural idea of what it means to be a senior and grandparent versus what God has to say. We've been touching on the idea of how the culture really promotes this stage of life being one of independence um, and self-interest in mind, but really how that just leads to uncertainty and an ambiguous definition. And really, grandparents feel like by default they need to check out and uh, that their time in ministry, so to speak, is done. However, we're trying to encourage that theologically and from God's perspective that this is the key time where they can be impacting the next generation and how we need to really involve grandparents in seeing that. Um, We're going to step back into this and we're going to be looking at practical ways that we can encourage intergenerational uh, grandparenting within our church contexts. So let's jump back in. True to our dying day, there is no retirement from passing on our faith to the next generation. As you say that, I'm thinking within our context and within the Western world where we're seeing faith decline and churches Mm -hmm. age out, so to speak, and yet there's still the rules in many places, whether it's volunteer paid or a children's ministry pastor. And I remember having a conversation with a friend actually down in California, and he was in the children's ministry pastor pastoral role, and he said they only had like one or two families and primarily seniors, and he said, I don't really know what my role is. I'm thinking back on that conversation of all the invisible people that are represented within a church when there's grandparents. Because mm-hmm. whether the grandchildren are attending that local church or not, they are an invisible representation of that church. And so, interesting thought. I'm just going down this thought of how a children's ministry pastor and leader, imagine if they recognize, hey, they could actually be ones to really encourage and advocate and actually really challenge the seniors within their churches, which is primarily what's happening within our context, and engaging them as the children's ministry leaders because they're going to be the ones, uh, like parents, that are going to have great impact on children and grandchildren, and how can we resource and help them? Um, And so I just want us to think about that, how there is an invisible representation, even in our Mm -hmm. older aging churches, of still children that are connected to your local church, even if they don't go through the building or through mm-hmm. into your programs, there's still a way that you can um, encourage and see impact. Right. Um, I, I think that also goes with kind of how we've learned things through COVID, right? Like whether we're doing ministry within a church building or not, there's the family piece that needs to be so focused on and also the grandparents and how ministry needs to be happened within the home and through the phone calls of grandparents mm-hmm. checking in and through the mail and through the, the birthday gatherings that if we as the church can start thinking of ministry within that larger space mm-hmm. and encouraging people to live a lifestyle of faith and ready to impact and have honest conversations and share their faith with the next generation, then we will see actually the church become more vibrant and grow. Right. And so, right. yeah, I really appreciate that the two generation Two generation impact. Is there any other scripture that has really kind of helped inform your understanding? Well, to expand on that a little bit, Psalm 78 actually maybe takes us beyond two generations. Okay. So let me read a little bit of Psalm 78. I'll read uh, verses 4 through 8. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. 
He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. I like that little mm. portion in, in what we read there. So the next generation would know them, know about the Lord, of course, yeah. and about his word. Even the children yet to be born. So now we have three generations. And then it says, and they in turn would tell their children, which takes us to mm. four generations. So the point is this, that God's plan for the transmission of faith Mm-hmm. It's from generation to generation to generation to generation. And in as much as we are alive, we are charged in God's word to be passing on nurturing the faith of the generations, two or more maybe, if we move beyond Deuteronomy 4 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so that each one that follows can then tell the next one and subsequent ones from there that little part in there even to those yet to be born what a thought that that's yeah. the responsibility that god's given us yeah this this is all like bringing some beautiful imagery and picture just of god's plan right mm-hmm. and within the family at large and kind of words that are coming to mind uh, you can speak more into them if you want is heritage right a godly heritage how god wants to see a godly heritage and a spiritual legacy and the fact that when you uh, can live a life of faith that has impact of generations to come which is man don't we want to get to the end of our Uh life and say uh like the apostle paul who he's run the race he's finished the fight like and and he's done this and then there's a spiritual legacy of those that yeah, he did, you know he didn't he didn't quit. He went right to the end. Right. And then he there's that spiritual legacy piece. And so yes, yeah, so, so encouraging. If there's anything you want to speak into that or just within those words as well, heritage, legacy, would you add any words that a grandparent can can think about? Yeah, I like how you've chosen those two words, heritage and legacy, because I think taken together they encapsulate a grandparent's role and they they also indicate mm. that grandparents have a, a unique influence that no other generation can have. Mm. Um, and as well as that, it, it, it speaks to the fact that grandparents have a faith-nurturing responsibility that's not transferable or interchangeable. Mm. Uh, but it can be passed on, and that's what the word legacy or or heritage means. Uh, I'm at that stage of life, as you know, where part of what I'm having to figure out is um, finances for as I grow uh, into my 70s and 80s. And how and and how do I put that all together wisely? And I've got a will, of course, and and family members and others are mentioned in terms of how all of that will works out. And we pay a lot of attention to to the practicalities of our physical resources, as we think legacy. But what I like about you choosing the word legacy 
um, and heritage, it reminds us that there is a spiritual legacy, a spiritual heritage mm. that we want to leave. And, and think of when it comes to investment. And Yes. And so what does it look growth. like? How do I now invest in a way in which my children and grandchildren... And that's another thing as I'm thinking about this. My grandparenting role is yet to my children as well. Yeah. I, I yet need to be nurturing my adult children in the way of Christ and having spiritual conversations with them. And yes, <laughs> you guys teach me as well. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. It's a two-way street. But it's, 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 it's not just jumping over a generation as well. My responsibility yeah. goes to my, continues to go to my immediate children as I support and encourage them so that they in turn have the resources to support and encourage their children. And I jump to their children in terms of yeah. my, my role. What's special about, I think, as we look at this topic today and as we kind of kickstart this podcast, we're in a crucial time within Western Christianity where if there was a, a curve of faith, we're definitely in that post-Christian yeah. curve, right? Mm-hmm. And because we're in that post-Christian curve, we can either approach it in kind of one of two ways. We can kind of feel defeated and be like, okay, this is just going to ride out until Christ comes and hopefully there'll just be a dwindled remnant, right? Or we can look at it as an opportunity. We can either be discouraged as the church at large, or we can see it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think the opportunity that, that we're seeing within the church at large, within the Western world here is there's an opportunity to really till the soil again. If yes. we're going to use that metaphor and get the soil ready so that the gospel can reach the hearts of the next generation, a generation who largely have not heard about Jesus and the amazing work that he's done mm-hmm. on the cross and his resurrection. And there is that spiritual hunger and we need to till that soil again. And so who better to go through the fields and till the soil, but the, the grandparents, the older generation, as they go in and as they, rather than feeling defeated and their life, seeing the opportunity that they have to set up the next generation, right? right? And to till the soil. And I just see that picture of so just to be So just to be clear on this, you're not saying physically <laughs> that I need to be going out and tilling the soil. No, I... I'm, metaphorically. Metaphorically. I, I think that's what I want to look at practically. Like where can now grandparents kind of find their role? And how as the emerging generation of church leaders specifically within my age bracket of millennials, right? Uh, leaders, how can we really best use grandparents? Right. How can we make them really see how important they are? And how can we start seeing things intergenerationally so that we can really mm-hmm. make the best use of them? I often say to children's ministry and family ministry workers that uh, grandparents in the church are the secret source <laughs> uh, that they need to tap into. Because they have so much experience, they are after their after the parents of children. They are the next closest relationship in many instances. Yeah. So that gives them uh, all sorts of opportunity uh, to connect uh, the gospel and the good news of Christ with the with the grandchildren, and they they have all sorts of experience over many years that they can can contribute. And yet many churches are leaving them marginalized or they putting them into uh, age-specific pods to do age-specific related things. 
So, and maybe we should discuss this at another on another podcast, but talk about the importance of intergenerational ministry and what yeah. that looks like in the church. But certainly within the church, there, there are all sorts of practical things we can be doing. We can be connecting uh, grandparents with younger generations mm. uh, as prayer partners, as mentors. We can, we can have them uh, reading the scriptures together. We can have them serving together. I, I remember sitting in a church service years ago and the church had it set up where there was a grandparent with a grandchild taking up the offering. Mm. And man, it was just so precious to yeah. see that. And they were modeling to their grandchildren how to do a simple act of service within the church. And we could have hundreds of examples of all of that. In the broader sense, when we get outside of the institutional building and we're thinking of of operating at large because our, our faith formation should be 24-7, yeah. uh, we need to be thinking about how grandparents can be connecting in the homes with, with, their, with their grandchildren. Mm. And that can be everything from sharing a meal together and reading the scriptures at the dinner table and chatting mm. about that. It should certainly be sharing the stories of faith. Uh, I know one of the things you've enjoyed, Johnny, is is hearing some of Nana's stories. Yeah. And that's impacted you powerfully. And that Psalm 78 passage that we were reading there speaks about telling those faith stories. They mm. shouldn't be locked away. Uh, children need practical examples and they need to hear it from older generations of how God turned up in their lives and made a way for them and was faithful to them and provided mm. for them. And we, we need to get back to storytelling yeah. in, in the most simple of ways. Well, when you mentioned that, I think sometimes grandparents can feel intimidated by coming into new systems, a lot of new ways that we're doing mm. children's ministry, and yet fantastic storytellers, right? right. And how that is such a almost like a lost talent and gift and they have many stories to mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. and so even just as you as you said that how we can get them to share their stories to the next generation as we kind of bring this podcast to a close i just want to encourage you to consider if you've had a spiritual or physical grandparent that has blessed you by the end of this podcast reach out to them give them a call um, tell them how much you appreciate them Within your church context, make sure you really show your appreciation to the older generation and really reiterate how valuable they are and how encourage them that they really need to go all in. Because as we We want to see children grow up in a Jesus community that's intentional, passionate, and exciting, and grandparents are a key role in seeing that happen. When I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Mm. Uh, My hope and my prayer is that prayer, that as Christian grandparents, we'll be looking to the Lord uh, to give us the strength, the Mm. means, the opportunity, and as much as we have health and and breath to tell the next generation about our mighty God. Amen. Hey, hey, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of the Dad and Lad podcast. We love talking about these topics. So next week, we're going to be looking at Christian parenting. Stay tuned. Until then, remember, 
The best theology is a lived out one. Let's not just be hearers of the word, let's be doers. Catch you next time. God bless.